Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7pm on a very, very busy weekend of sport. The GAA is back with the launch and the restart of the National Hurling League this afternoon. Cork in action tomorrow in Porky Cueve against Waterford. We will preview that game very, very shortly. Big night for Cork City last night as they got back to winning ways in Turners Cross in the SSE Airtricity League. A big, big win for City. Five stars, a 5-0 win for Cork City against Wexford at Turles Cross last night. We'll hear from City boss Colin Healy and a man who got two goals, Kean Murphy, later on in the show as well. We're also talking Premier League on a weekend of some big, big fixtures. Ronnie Whedon will join us with all the latest and we're chatting athletics later on as well. We will hear from Sophie Becker and Kate Doherty before 7 o'clock. All that, plenty more to come. Good evening. How are you? Welcome along to the Big Red Bench. As I said, it is Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock this evening on what is a busy Saturday of sport. I think a lot of people, especially GAA fans, very, very excited by the return of the National Hurling League, the Allianz National Hurling League getting underway today. There's three games today. There's more games tomorrow, including, as I mentioned, Cork's opener against Waterford down in Porky Cueve. I'll be down at that game myself tomorrow afternoon. Looking forward to it in Porky Cueve. Uh, should be a good one. And uh, just nice to have the GAA back, I think, because obviously there's been none since before Christmas, whenever the All-Irelands were, sometime in December. So yeah, we're back in action and the hurling is back and a busy summer of GAA awaits us and we will cover it all here uh, very comprehensively on the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM over the coming weeks and months as well, including this weekend, starting with Cork's game versus Waterford. Valerie will be joining me very, very shortly to chat about that Cork and Waterford game tomorrow down in Porky Cueve. Uh, loads of other stuff going on, as I said. Big win for Cork City last night down in Turners Cross. Myself and Rory were both down there. We'll be having a chat later on. We'll hear from uh, Colin Healy and Kean Murphy as well. 5-0 Cork City beat Wexford in Turners Cross last night. It was exactly the kind of win Cork City needed, I think, last night bang in a load of goals and get back to winning ways and hopefully build the confidence and hopefully now they can push on and get a few more wins and push for promotion back to the uh, League of Ireland Premier Division next season. We're going to hear from Ronnie Whelan. He's joining us later on as well, chatting about uh, all the action in the Premier League this weekend. And I want to get his views as well on the protests last week that got the Liverpool and United game called off. So we'll see what Ronnie has to say about that later on too. And we have athletics as well because Valerie has been speaking to uh, members of Ireland's relay team after the World Relays last weekend. We'll hear from Sophie Becker and Kate Doherty before 7 o'clock this evening as well. But lots going on this afternoon. Uh, let's round up some of the day's sport uh, that's happened already today. And we'll start with the Premier League and Leeds were the first uh, victorious team of the day. They beat Tottenham 3-1 in the early game of the day in the Premier League. That was the 12.30 kickoff. It was um, a, w- a win for Leeds that you would imagine will put an end to any Champions League hopes that Spurs may have harboured still of getting into the top four after that 3-1 defeat. It's unlikely. Adam Jury was at Elland Road for us. Leeds have rolled out as 3-1 winners over Spurs and a result that surely ends the Champions League hopes on Ryan Mason's side. Leeds broke the deadlock 30 minutes in with a Stuart Dallas tap-in. On 25, a Son Kyung min equaliser happened for Spurs, but three minutes before the break, a fantastic passing move from Leeds saw Patrick Bamford restore his side's lead. Then with six minutes to go, Rodrigo scored the third goal to give Leeds the win and with it a real
real hope of a top half finish. Full time at Ellen Road. It finished Leeds three, Spurs one. It sure did. The second game of the day at three was Crystal Palace against already relegated Sheffield United. It finished two nil. Dave Eason was there. Sheffield United nil, Crystal Palace two. Palace safe in the Premier League for another season. Goals in the second minute and two minutes from time, giving them a deserved away win that could have been by so much more. Christian Benteke, who could have had a hat trick in the game, opening the scoring after Eberechi Eze's gliding run had opened up the Blaze defence after just 69 seconds. His shot deflected in by the unfortunate Baldock. Ramsdale denied uh, Benteke three or four times with two superb saves in particular, baffling the Palace striker. One low to his left-hand side from a powerful header, then a thunderous drive tipped onto the post. The second came in the 89th minute as a gliding from his own half on the left-hand side touchline all the way into the penalty area. He got a bit of luck that he deserved as it came off the unfortunate John Fleck this time to finally get past Ramsdale. It finished Sheffield United nil, Crystal Palace 2. Dave Eason at Bramall Lane there for us at that game. Uh, the, the big game, I suppose, of the day is... The Champions League finalists, Man City versus Chelsea at the Etihad at the moment, 35 minutes on the clock. It is still Man City nil, Chelsea nil. That is a dress rehearsal for their Champions League final clash um, in a couple of weeks' time. Supposed to be in Istanbul, but there is a bit of talk that it might get moved to Wembley or somewhere in England, seeing as it's two English sides and Turkey is on the red list for travel with COVID at the moment and so on. Uh, will it get moved to England? Either way, it'll be Man City versus Chelsea. Uh, two Premier League sides and Man City have never won the Champions League before and you know what personally I hope it stays that way Uh, not a Chelsea fan either but I would rather see Chelsea win it than Man City I have to say later on then the quarter past eight game is Liverpool against Southampton and Liverpool really pushing for that fourth spot they're hoping to get back into the Champions League um, a competition they've won so many times but uh, at the moment they're seven points behind Chelsea have a game in hand alright um, with uh, the game being postponed against Manchester United last weekend but you know Jurgen Klopp has been talking about this and Klopp says even if they do miss out on the Champions League I don't believe him for a second but he's telling people it wouldn't be the end of the world we are not kids in a candy shop which is not getting the candies so um, but stands there so we are, we, we, are, we are responsible for the situation we are in and nobody will uh, watch next year's Champions League and uh, lying in front of television and, and cry if we are not involved no, they won't. But from your own perspective, Klopp, I'm sure you want to be involved. So you're not kids in the candy shop, as I say. But like, I don't know. I think he's just playing down expectations. In the championship today, Derby, Wayne Rooney's Derby County. They've just about avoided relegation from the championship following a dramatic three-all draw with Sheffield Wednesday today. The result sent their opponents down. So Sheffield Wednesday have been relegated, while Rotherham and Wickham were also relegated out of the championship down to League One on the final day of the regular season there. Uh, Derby boss Wayne Rooney says the match kind of summed up their campaign they haven't been great a lot of difficult moments both on and off the pitch thankfully the season's done we've we've done what we've set out to do but no I'm delighted for the players I think as I said before the game the players have given me everything yeah, I mentioned earlier on then that uh, Cork City obviously had a 5-0 win sorry, over Wexford last night at Turner's Cross. The Cork City women's team were in action in the Women's National League today, also against Wexford. Not as good a result for the Cork City women, unfortunately. They were beaten by Wexford at Turner's Cross earlier on. In Gaelic Games, a uh, lot of action today. Dublin have been beaten by five points by Kilkenny in their Division 1 Alliance National Hurling League game at Parnell Park. It finished 120 to 18 points was the final score in 
in uh, Donny Carney today up in Dublin so a great win for Kilkenny getting their National Hurling League campaign off to a winning start versus Dublin elsewhere Galway they absolutely annihilated they hammered Westmeath 5-34 big score 5-34 to 1-16 in Mullingar this afternoon at the moment uh, two very very recent All-Ireland winners Limerick and Tipperary in action in the Gaelic grounds and the latest score for you there is it's pretty close at the LIT Gaelic grounds Limerick 11 points Tipperary a point ahead 12 points so we'll keep you up to date on that game across the show this evening as well in golf Rory McIlroy just two shots off the lead heading into his third round at the Wells Fargo Championship he's going to tee off there at about half six pretty shortly um, from four under with the lead shared by three players on six under Shane Lowry is six over par after shooting a four over par round of 75 today in Formula 1 Lewis Hamilton has claimed the 100th pole position of his career in qualifying for tomorrow's Spanish F1 Grand Prix the seven time champion edged out title rival Max Verstappen great name Max Verstappen while his Mercedes teammate Valtteri Bottas finished third Uh, now we'll move on and we will talk about the National Hurling League because Gaelic Games is back GAA is back after a long long break and tomorrow Cork back in action the Cork Hurlers taking on Waterford in the opening game of the Alliance National Hurling League at Porky Cueve 3.45 throw in tomorrow that game is live on TG Cahir I will be down there and we'll bring you all the reaction on Cork's Red FM tomorrow evening on the bench as well and I'm going to chat to Valerie now because Valerie is out and about at a lot of GAA games this weekend as well and Valerie, it's been a long time coming. We've had no GAA since the back end of last year before Christmas. So I think everyone is very, very excited to have it back. But I think in particular, Valerie, you're very excited to have it back. Yeah, do you know what? I think I, there's always, my friends always mock me that there's a glow about me this time of year, Colin, when the GAA returns. <laughs> but look, we're all delighted to have it back. It's been Absolutely. a long time. Um, been a long time coming and for family and friends to at least they'll be able to sit down and watch it at home and maybe listen to the local radio and be able to hear what's going on at the games but yeah big game down the park tomorrow and as you said I do think it's important for Cork to get a good start you know things haven't been really going their way over the last few years and the success isn't just really there anymore and I think a lot will be expected this year of Kieran Kingston his side a lot will be expected of Kieran Kingston and his side but as you said it's it's been kind of a barren patch for Cork really over the last few years um, and if you look then at the, the the squad and the team he's named for the opener against Waterford tomorrow he's three league debuts in there it contains ten of the players who saw action in their last competitive outing which would have been that game against Tip back before Christmas so he, he's made a few changes but it's it's not been a wholesale change Valerie no, it hasn't. And you know what? I think this year as well, sure, we're without a lot of big names between mm. retirements and uh, Kingston um, maybe not having other players on the panel. You know, we had Aidan Walsh recently saying he would have liked to continue, but Kingston yeah. just didn't think he fitted the panel. And of course, with Anthony Nash, you know, I think Patrick Collins is a great goalkeeper. And to be honest, it's not hard being an understudy of a goalkeeper because you're waiting for that person to retire for so long. So I'm delighted that Patrick will get his chance to shine, um, even though I think a lot of people will miss Anthony Nash. Well, yeah, I do think three um, Dave uh, debuts, which is great. I think these players deserve a shot as well. And you know what? I think it's about time that Cork maybe gets some new players in there and gets them blooded because, you know, as you said, there's 10 there, though, that we've had in the last game. And maybe we do need new players. We do need new players coming and giving Lisa life and maybe just that bit of a fight for a jersey. Uh, the three debuts are Niall Cashman Billy Hennessy and Shane Barrett for tomorrow's game against Waterford and if you look at the Cork team uh, there's a lot of guys we know in there none more so obviously than Patrick Horgan and I mean Cork relies so much on Patrick Horgan don't they Valerie and they have done for so many years do they almost rely too much on him do you think? Definitely. I, I really do think they rely too much on him. And 
to be honest, I'm I'm nearly screaming from the rooftop for years about Patrick Horgan and how amazing he is and how like I feel like he could be one of these players that retires mm. without the gold, without a medal. And it's just very difficult, I think, when you're a player of that absolute amazing skills and calibre. And it's just it's very hard for I see himself and his family to just not see him get the help and support around him. But maybe these new players now that are coming in maybe might give him a chance to you know support him because I think that's what he needs. He can't do it all himself, and unfortunately, like. They do rely so much on him. And like you can't just expect one player to carry the team throughout a championship or a league because that's just not going to work. I remember the two of us chatting about this when Cork were knocked out uh, before Christmas back in November about Patrick Horgan and could he be one of the, the greatest players never to win an All-Ireland? I mean, mm. is that going to happen? Do you think Cork can do, can do that level of success maybe this year or over the next couple of years? I don't know because like uh, Patrick now is in his early 30s mm. you know and I geez, I think that there's a lot of life left in him and I hope I've seen him there for a long time even as a Cork fan removing myself from reporting from the games I'd still like to see Patrick Horgan play for another couple of years but you just never know what happens you know you don't know if it's his last year if he wants it to be his last year but I don't know can I see I think Limerick are just too good at the moment for anyone to get yeah. past them you know and I just think that it's I don't know if I can see that success for Cork this year unfortunately um, looking then at Waterford tomorrow as the opponents, what are Waterford shaping up like this year, Valerie? Well, look, to be honest, I think everyone's in the same boat, Colm. I think we don't know what anyone's like. We don't know what the players are, you know, how they've been playing over the last few weeks. And I think, it, in a way, it's kind of great that everyone is in the same boat because come here, come lunchtime tomorrow, we'll know, we'll both know how players will be. Yeah. But, you know, Waterford, young side, and I think they've had minor success there recently you know getting to a few finals and semi-finals and stuff so I do think that Waterford will be up to it and I think that like it would just be an absolute travesty if Waterford were to come to Parky Creeb tomorrow for the opening round of the league and if they were to beat Cork I just think it would be you know it would be a massive upset for the start of the Cork campaign this year Oh it would of course in Parky Creeb it would be a massive upset for the start of Cork's campaign but just finally Valerie looking at the, at the season then we're kind of into the, the second year now of, of COVID affecting the GAA season obviously I mean we had a, a very very late start to the season last year and, and the All-Ireland campaign and so on was played into the autumn into the winter right up towards uh, towards Christmas time um, it's starting the league season starting late now as well this year we're, we're well into May how does that affect the players in terms of, of the seasons being a little bit different than they would have been in normal years? To be honest, I don't think it affects them at all. I think that everyone's had such a long break now, Colm. Everyone's just mad for roads. Like, it's, I can't see how the players don't want to play, you know. And I think another exciting thing is that Michal Martin said recently that we could expect to see fans back in stadiums in early July. And, you know, that means hopefully some vaccinated people get into yeah. the game or even family members. And, like, if you if you think of it, like, even if there's 2,000 people at a Munster final come July, like, that'll just be amazing. Just making the difference. Because being at the games, it's just not the same without the fans. I Not know I'm the privileged to go to these games and you yourself tomorrow but exactly exactly yeah. and you I was, do feel privileged but it's you not do, the same it's you so do and I, I was in Turner's Cross last night at the Cork City game and I mean it's an empty stadium it didn't feel right I'll be in Porky Cueve it won't feel right with the fans tomorrow so as you say if we can have fans coming back for trial events in July if that is successful more vaccines are rolled out you'd hope maybe by All-Ireland final time you might have if not a full stadium maybe 40-50% or something like that fingers crossed Oh, look, it should actually be the dream, wouldn't it? I'd actually be in my element if I could just hear some roars around the stadium because it is, it's just not the same and you do miss them. But I don't think players notice any different. I think some players or some teams are kind of shining because they're, they don't have that pressure of maybe 40,000 fans staring at them in the opening game of a championship. Or, so I do think some teams, it kind of, 
benefits and, and then of course we, we haven't even spoken about the water breaks that are happening like yeah. today I was watching the uh, Westmead Galway game and the water breaks you know everyone's saying you know, either swings in your direction afterwards and Galway came back after water break got a goal within 30 seconds so then you have the water break that's interfering with the game as well which which I absolutely hate so I'm like this, <laughs> this water break column but anyway So we'll see if that has any impact tomorrow Cork versus Ward for down at Parky Creeve at 3.45 Valerie listen thanks a million for chatting to us and uh, enjoy all the various games over the weekend Right. Thanks, Colin. And I'll be at that Cork Waterford game tomorrow down in Porky Cueve myself, and uh, we'll be chatting about it with Rory on the bench tomorrow evening as well. And we'll have all the reaction and so on. Fingers crossed, Cork, as we said there with Valerie, can get off to a winning start in the National Hurling League. Three forty-five throw-in. It's live on Telly and TG Carter as well uh, tomorrow afternoon from three forty-five. Cork versus Waterford. Now we're going to switch to football from Cork and Waterford to Cork City and Wexford because Cork City and Wexford did battle last night in Turner's Cross in the SSE Airtricity League First Division um, and City needed a win really because City only had one win so far this season after their opening day win versus Cove Ramblers they had uh, quite a few defeats and then they had a draw against Bray last week and they came into this Wexford game hoping for a win and they got it big style 5-0 Cork City back to winning ways last night a big big win for City goals two from Kean Murphy and two from Ben and O'Brien Whitmarsh and one from Dara Crowley as well wrapping it up for City and Colin Healy's team and uh, the man who was doing the commentary on LOI TV last night was of course Rory O'Hagan along with uh, City legend Neil Horgan and Roar I think that was exactly the kind of win City needed last night wasn't it get a load of goals just what the doctor ordered comes to be perfectly honest about it I mean like City's start of the season has been dreadful Let's put it that way. Uh, the win over Cove Ramblers in opening day. City just about getting the win there. Cove Ramblers deserve something from that. And then four consecutive defeats after that. It was always going to be tough for them to break that run, but they did against Bray last week. And that gave them just that little bit of confidence, that scoreless draw last week. Now, they, there's a couple of caveats, I suppose, in that Wexford aren't a great team by any stretch of the imagination. They lost all their six games. Up to that point, they were 6-0 uh, losers to UCD last week, albeit with both their keepers sent off. But Cork City looked a different team last night than the team that I'd seen throughout the course of the season. They were well organised, they were well drilled, they worked extremely hard, they passed the ball around with some confidence and they attacked intelligently. They weren't committing numbers forward just for the sake of it and leaving themselves exposed at the back early on when it was scoreless or 1-0. Or they were excellent at that. And set piece-wise as well, they've obviously done a lot of work on the training ground under Colin Healy because from set pieces last night they were a constant threat there is a lot of height in that Cork City team but uh, Kim Murphy's opening goal that header um, yeah. from the corner that Baxter put in Baxter has a great delivery from a dead ball with his left foot and he put in a superb corner last night for that opening goal and I suppose as well you can't legislate for the fact that Dundalk or Wexford uh, goalkeeper Ross Tracy had just signed from Drogheda this week had he, he had two howlers really didn't he? It was a, a debut to forget for him, but you'd wonder how match fit he was and how match sharp he was. He was kind of, um, he didn't have a, a team. Um, they had to sign someone because they had no keeper, basically, for last night. So they signed Ross Tracy, who is a decent keeper. He made a, a good uh, career yeah. draw that, and uh, he's an Ireland under 21 international. But he, look, he just had one of those games to forget. And 
when you're conceding goals like that it's always going to be tough uh, for Wexford who didn't have much going for them to be perfectly honest though that they were poor enough last night but that's to take nothing away from not just Cork City's performance not from Cork City's results it was the the manner in which they performed last night and the effort um, and the attitude which was 110% last night and they deserve tremendous credit for that Absolutely and as I said to Colin Healy after the match it's two clean sheets in a row now as well Aurora which is very very important for Cork City because they were leaking goals they were losing games four losses in a row they went up to Bray got the point nil all draw last week and then a big win five goals last night didn't concede any so those clean sheets are very important as well aren't they yeah, Jonas Hakkinen last night uh, partnered with Keane Coleman in centre defence. They look decent as well. Hakkinen looks a decent player, confident on the ball, um, two-footed left to right, can uh, pass it around a bit as well, strong in the air. But Keane Coleman is a colossus, handed the the armband in the absence of Garrod Morrissey as well. And like his performance last night was exemplary. Um, did a very, very good job of making sure Wexford didn't get uh, much um, in the way of uh, attacking threat. On the Cork City goal, I can't actually remember Colin. Did um, Mark McNulty have a save to make? Last night, I actually can't remember one to be honest. I, I'm sure he might have had one, but I can't remember any to be honest. Um, yeah, but, but no, Wexford yeah. didn't threaten much in fairness, like you know. No, they didn't. No, and look again, Coleman and Hacken and then Gordon Walker, who's having a fine run. He had a great uh, right game, back. didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was brilliant in the game against Cove Ramblers in the opening mm. day of the season when Dan and I were on commentary. It was between him and George Heaven for uh, man of the match, and Dan being the centre half that he is gave to George Heaven because you know, <laughs> of course he was, yeah. and all that. But uh, Gordon Walker was brilliant, and then like. He he mentioned it in the press conference as well this week. Call him like I asked him about it, but being out of the team, he said, "Look, I when I signed, I knew where, where I was in the pecking order. Like when you've got Stephen Beatty there, when Stephen Beatty's fit, Stephen Beatty's going to play." But Gordon Walker thought was excellent, and uh, that back four was excellent last night as well. But up front, uh, Keen Murphy looks an absolute find. Darrell Crowley was very lively. Jack Walsh works so hard for that team. Um, holds the ball up, gets some great flick-ons. And I think playing in a 4-4-2 is ideal for Walsh. Yeah. Really going 4-4-2 last night, unchanged in the team that uh, drew with Bray. And it looks like 4-4-2 might be the way forward for this team. But as Colin Healy said in his press conference, it's kind of a horses-for-courses thing that um, he'll change his formation based on the opponents, I Absolutely. guess. But 4-4-2 uh, yeah. City looks solid last night there are, there will be tougher tests down the line starting next week with UCD but looking at last night's performance I don't think you could have a single complaint about it no you'd like to think the city have turned a corner now and you mentioned the team was unchanged last night from the Bray game he's gone with the same team two games in a row you also mentioned Stephen Beatty I was chatting to Beats before the game last night he's got a hamstring injury he's hoping he thinks he's probably alright now he's hoping he'll be fit for next week and uh, he just didn't want to rush back this time Garrett Morrissey was on the bench coming back from injury last night like if Garrett Marcy and Stephen Beatty are fully fit. It presents Colin Healy now with a, a dilemma. Does he put the lads straight back in? You'd imagine that they're automatic kind of starters. But it's hard to change the team from last night at the same time, isn't it? Yeah, it's a nice complaint for Colin Healy yeah. to have. Oh, I've got too many fit players who are decent. But um, based on last night's performance, um, you'd be looking at maybe going unchanged again next week mm. for UCD because there's no player in that team last night uh, deserves to be dropped based on their performance, to be perfectly honest about it. So it'll be interesting to see, does Garrett Morris come straight back into that team? Alec Byrne and Jack Baxter, I thought, worked very well. They complemented each other very well in that midfield uh, engine room last night. Baxter dropping deep, Alec Byrne getting a bit forward. But Alec Byrne was everywhere last night, Colin. Yeah. I think he covered every single day. fairness, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was a great win, and it puts Cork City back up there. Now they 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 were second bottom. Now they're now they're seventh, and they're um, they're only three points off the playoff places. Treaty in fifth on ten points, Cork City on seven points, and it's very very close between 
some so many different teams in that division. It's a really, really competitive division. Kind of UCD and Shells are the two teams now just pulling away at the top. But we did, after the match, chat with Cork City boss Colin Healy, and he was very happy with the result and also the manner of the performance. We picked up a good point up in Bray last week. Um, gave us a bit of confidence coming in here tonight. And um, to get five goals, it was... Um, you can see afterwards in the dressing room, the players, you know, Derek, they're, they're delighted for themselves. So it's, um, they worked hard. They worked hard all week, now, to be fair. So it's uh, and they put on a good performance tonight, which is great. Uh, the five goals is great from an attacking perspective, but from a defensive perspective, it's two clean sheets on the bounce now as well, which you must be very happy with. Yeah, it's important. It's important, as I said, we give away some silly goals in the, in the last few games, and um, that's always important, having a clean sheet, and obviously get the goals as well as the bonus. Better than unchanged team tonight, you were obviously happy with how the lads you brought in did against Bray, and they, they showed you proved them right tonight. Did they, Jad? They worked hard up in Bray, do you know? Um, and I think they deserve to start there again tonight, and they showed that. Uh, nice to see the, the lads get on the score sheet as well Keen got two and Benning got two and Derek Crowley as well all the young lads who, who've been playing away and having lots of chances and, and wanting to get those goals and they got, finally got them tonight yeah, No, it was great for them it was great for them and it's great, it's great for them to, you know, to get the goals and to, to, um, to gain a bit of confidence as well from that no, they need to do it again next week so that's, that's, that's what we need to do now as we're going forward is that build on tonight and take it on to next week and like you've been unlucky in some games this season you needed that bit of luck tonight and, and to get the goals and, and to win big not just not just a 1-0 or something to get the big win 5-0 listen the performance was good and you know, the, lads, the lads took their goals well so it's um, overall it was a good performance and they said listen they'll, they'll come in tomorrow they'll recover tomorrow and we get ready then for uh, UCD next Friday it's UCD top of the league there tonight after their win their top of the league had a shells and goal difference so be a tough game against them next week but I mean as you say we'd be confident going into it now yeah we'll, we'll, listen we're always confident going into the games like, but as you said it's, it's a tough game every week as you, as you all will know like, so it's, um, but we, listen we'll get the boys in tomorrow we'll recover to be off Sunday and we'll go again Monday so that's Cork City manager Colin Healy he never gives much away in fairness Roar but you can no. tell he's happy out <laughs> Yeah, I, I, he reacts the same when lose or draw. <laughs> I said I mean? that I was chatting to my brother after the game last night. I was like, I think if we won the Champions League, Colin Healy would give the same kind of interview after. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I just think he's that character. Um, myself and Neil Horgan had a good conversation about um, Colin last night's commentary on LY TV. Yeah. And Neil was talking about Colin Healy, the player, and how professional he was when he came in, and how standards raised, and how he expected more. And he expected everyone else to be doing more to, to be to be working harder in training, and that's obviously carried over to his team because we saw the work rate last night Big from those lads. Even at three yep. 0 up, four 0 up, they didn't stop. They kept looking for another goal. They kept going forward, and they kept their shape at the back. And that's all down to Colin, I think, and his management, which is, I suppose, finally getting across. And it is a young team. Um, and it is, and, it and, like, is. and like with the young players as well Roar we were kind of waiting for some of them to get goals and then three of them managed to get goals last night which was great um, you had uh, Ben and O'Brien Whitmarsh got two when he came on Darrell Crowley bagged a goal and Kean Murphy got two in the, in the first half and probably unlucky not to get a hat-trick actually spoke to Kean Murphy after the game as well and uh, I think he said the word delighted about ten times in his interview <laughs> so he was definitely delighted with delighted. his goals yeah absolutely look um, it's been a bit of a tough season so far but we're absolutely delighted now to put in a great performance and especially get goals give everyone a confidence lift so yeah it's just brilliant and you got two yourself you must be delighted yeah absolutely um, I've been waiting a long time now for uh, to score in the league now so I'm just delighted to get to two get off the mark and hopefully um, I can uh, drive on now this season yourself and Ben and Derek Crowley tonight I mean for, for three guys like yourselves who, who've been playing and dying to get goals for you all to get in the score sheet and for 2E to get two each tonight is brilliant doesn't it and spreading the goals around as well absolutely yeah I'm absolutely delighted for the two boys as well Benny come on two great finishes Daz as well put in a great shift tonight and hopefully now this will give us all the confidence to drive on um, this season now and uh, have a big season ahead hopefully 
it's a winning like that exactly what was needed after the last few weeks obviously he got the win against Cove in the first game he managed to get a draw last week a win like that was really needed probably for confidence wasn't it yeah we, we knew when we were going out tonight that we we had to win we had to have a big performance um, so yeah definitely that's what we needed and um, yeah just delighted now so um, hopefully this uh, confidence will um, will bring it into the next game again and um yeah, I'll go from there basically, yeah. The next game now next weekend against UCD. They're top of the table after coming back from 2-0 down tonight. They beat Treaty 3-2. Um, so that's going to be a big game next week against UCD. It'll be a tough game, but you have the confidence now of the win tonight. Exactly. Look, um, UCD are going to be a good side, but we just need to focus on ourselves. Like the last two weeks against Bray and now tonight, we've just worked really, really hard, I think. And um, yeah, it's just going to have to be the same again against UCD next week you had a few opportunities with the hat-trick there I'd say you were dying to get it were you? I know yeah I, um, I don't know if that one was offside at the end at all um, but uh, yeah I was hoping for the hat-trick but uh, I'll settle for two tonight and I'll hopefully get the hat-trick uh, next week so Keen Murphy clearly delighted uh, he was <laughs> slightly disappointed not to get the hat-trick but I don't think he was too worried about that but uh, I mean it was good to see as I said the likes of him and Dara Crowley and Whitmarsh get the goals last night wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and I must have said the the phrase "academy graduate" a dozen yeah. times last night <laughs> uh, on commentary because obviously Cork are in the position that they're in. They have to rely on academy graduates because of the lack of yeah. money and being in the first division. But like the the strength of the players coming through the academy is a testament to the hard work that Colin Healy has done as head of the academy over the last couple of years and the work that Liam Carney now will be continuing as head of the academy. So it Absolutely. was great stuff to see so many young Cork City players coming through that team and to go from 17s to 19s to senior uh, and to become regulars in that senior team. It's a fantastic pathway and it's great for, for Cork football players to have that pathway available to them that if they shine at 17s level they go on to 19s and then there's a chance for them to get to the senior team it's absolutely fantastic and hopefully the lads can kick on now after getting the goals and get a few more as the season goes on uh, Hoggy Neil Horgan Cork City League winner in 2005 City legend he was on commentary with you Roar last night on LOI TV and um, I'll let you talk into this Roar what, what did he have to say afterwards? Well, Neil was very impressed, um, as I was, with um, Corksley's work rate and their their attitude and the performance. Uh, he gave Keen Murphy uh, man of the match and fully deserved. So, actually, um, just before we came on to do this segment, Colm, I look back to see what that disallowed goal was about because okay. just as we gave the man of the match award, um, he put the ball into the back of the net for what would have been his hat trick, but the linesman had his flag up for offside. I've looked back on it and I cannot see an offside anywhere. Oh, so Keen Murphy should have had the hat trick. Should have had the hat uh, I mean, like, I know we don't have VAR at Turner's Cross, but uh, it looked like a very, very harsh um, disallowment. But anyway, uh, uh, after the game last night, I asked Neil Horrigan for just his thoughts uh, and to, to wrap up the game. The attitude and organisation, yeah, they, they, they broke them down with the set pieces, which was as a result of hard work on the training ground and organisation. Then you have the likes of, you know, the young lads, Kane Murphy, the um, Kane Bargery, uh, Bargery, Alec Byrne. These are all lads who've come through O'Brien Whitmarsh, who we've seen as kind of young lads, skinny young lads, who yeah. are now filling out and uh, looked very good and confident after those two goals went in today. It's early days uh, when when you can get fifth place and get into a playoff spot. It's early days. Um, but they'd want to bring this form into next week and get a result against UCD. It'll be a tough game. UCD are a strong side, have been for a long time. Um, they, they give Cove Ramblers a bit of a thumping uh, down in, in, in Ramblers Park a few weeks ago but uh, you know Ramblers I think were unfortunate on the night but they still you know suffer yeah. I think it was a 4-0 so going up there won't be easy um, but you know what there's a lot of confidence they can take from this performance tonight um, and the way they applied themselves not just at the start but throughout the game and I think Colin will be delighted 
and it makes training all that easier next week yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know what? He'll be looking for them to up it from here. Yeah. He'll be looking. I'd say, lads, that's what's in you. I know it's Wexford, but you have to beat what's in front of you. You know, Wexford set up with four and five, but Cork made it look easy. Um, and they they have a few different options. Albeit they have they they have lads who are good in the air, but they played some good football as well, and they just had that little bit of tenacity and concentration and focus tonight that I perhaps has been lacking certainly in some games and you'd be very positive actually after watching them tonight though that they're, they're, things are turning around for them Alright that's City legend Neil Horgan who was on commentary on LOI TV with Rory last night um, Listen Rory good to be back to winning ways for City and uh, it's a tough test next week now against UCD but hopefully they'll carry that confidence into the game yeah, big time, and I think it's going to make training a little bit easier. Hoggy wasn't buying on that there when I mentioned it to him, but it'll make training a bit easier. There'll yeah. be a pep in everyone's step going to training now this week and heading up to UCD. I mean, like UCD are uh, in good form. They had a three-two win over Treaty last night. They're top of the table, haven't lost this season. Four wins, three defeats. It's going to be a good test for a city. So fingers crossed, a positive result for the Rebel Army next Friday night. Cheers, Roar. We'll chat to you over the weekend. Cheers, buddy. All right, and um, just update you in the Premier League now as well. Half time at the Etihad, and it is Man City are after taking the lead. Man City won, Chelsea nil there. Sergio Aguero, a man who's finishing up with Man City at the end of the season. Um, three minutes into stoppage time in the first half. A penalty there, putting Man City 1 0 up on Chelsea in the Premier League in what is a, dr- a dress rehearsal. Both of these teams will face each other in a few weeks' time in the Champions League final as well. But City have the better at Chelsea, at least for now halftime there at the Etihad big game underway in the National Hurling League as well the Allianz Hurling League and uh, just approaching halftime now at the Gaelic Grounds in Limerick and it is all square level between Limerick and Tipperary Limerick 13 points Tipperary 13 points we'll keep you up to date with that throughout the show between now and 7 o'clock as well we've got athletics to come we're going to be chatting to Ronnie Whelan very shortly about the Premier League as well and we've got lots more on the way between now and 7 on the Big Red Bench here on Cork Red FM. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, it's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock here on the Big Red Bench. You're very welcome back to the show. And now we are talking. Premier League, as I mentioned, it is halftime in the ongoing game at um, the Etihad, and it is Man City 1-0 up there. In fact, the second half just getting underway there now. Man City 1, Chelsea 0. Let's just actually give you the latest League of Ireland scores as well before we chat to Ronnie Whelan. And Bowes are 2-0 up on Finn Harps at the moment at Dalymount Park. Uh, Ross Tierney and Alistair Cook getting goals there. St. Pat's and Shamrock Rovers is the top of the table clash. And... Chris Forrester has given Pats the lead there uh, 36 minutes on the clock there at Richmond Park and in Chicor and poor old Waterford getting uh, right hammering from Drogheda United uh, 3-0 there after just 35 minutes Drogheda leading Waterford have their under 19 team playing because their senior team are ruled out after there were a couple of COVID cases in the squad. So it is Drogheda 3, Waterford 0 there uh, their latest scores in the League of Ireland Let's talk Premier League now cross channel though and it is a big, big weekend. Lots of big games. We mentioned the big game underway now. We're going to look ahead to the rest of the weekend in just a second with Ronnie Whelan, who joins me now. And um, I want to start off, Ronnie, by talking about, before we get to the games, the protests which went on last weekend at Old Trafford. Obviously, Manchester United fans had a big protest against the Glazers, against um, everything that 
modern football and the Glazers and lots of other modern day owners stand for and this is all sparked by the Super League the idea that ain't going to happen now but the idea of the Super League got all these protests going a couple of weeks ago and it got the Manchester United versus Liverpool game called off on Sunday as we know at Old Trafford when the fans got on the pitch and held pretty uh, vociferous protests now there were probably valid reasons for the protests Ronnie but uh, what are your views on it? Maybe there were valid reasons, as you said, but I don't think it was the right thing to do. You can, you could, you don't have to break into a stadium before a game. They probably felt that we're not being listened to. We have to go a step forward, and they, for me, they went a step too far, breaking into the ground, climbing on the goals. I didn't like all that. They could have sat outside the ground and and, and protested that way and say we're here, we we want to speak to the owners. I just think they took it that little bit far. I I, I agree with what they're protesting about. But I don't think it was the way to go about it. There was there was probably better ways, and they would have come out of it an awful lot better off. We've seen a lot of these protests now since the Super League announcement a couple of weeks ago. We saw protests outside Anfield Thursday night again outside the Emirates with Arsenal, and the big one obviously that got the game called off at Old Trafford last week. Like the fans obviously feel aggrieved with the the idea of the Super League with their ownership. But do you think really these protests are going to achieve anything? Do these guys over in America and places like that really care what the fans think? Well. I- I don't really know. I don't really know exactly if they do care what the fans think. Um, but I think they're getting listened to. There's been talk about Liverpool, um, the supporters club, a, a one supporters club being in uh, talks with the owners. I'm not too sure. I agree with the whole thing of saying put the, one, the supporters need to be on the on the um, on the board and things like that. Um, it's different things. There's a lot of different things going on. But I think they are starting to listen a little bit more because of how the fans reacted after they said they were going into this Super League. Jurgen Klopp wasn't really happy with what happened at Old Trafford last week. And you can understand why he wasn't, Ronnie, because Liverpool are pushing for that top four. And now they're in a position where they're about seven points behind Chelsea, whereas if they had won last week, they'd be four points behind. And it's making things more difficult for them to reach that top four now, really, isn't it? Um, I can't blame it on protests. I can't blame it on Klopp. I can only blame it on results. That's the reason why that where they are. You can they they can talk about all the things they want to talk about, but the reason they are where they are is because they didn't finish an awful lot of games off um, that they should have. They haven't played as well as, as they've should have um, in lockdown. We can keep making excuses about lockdown and COVID, whatever you want to make excuses about, but they haven't been good enough. That is why they are where they are. And as we mentioned, Southampton, the opponents this weekend. How do you reckon that's going to go? Can Liverpool get the three points there that they so badly need? Well, I think that, that looking at it now, that they, they're seeing this little gap is, is getting there if they win the game in hand. They're four points behind Chelsea. Um, so there's, there's an awful lot at stake in this one. I, I, I do think they'll go and win this one. Ings looks like he won't be fit again. There's a couple more. Bertrand, I think, won't be fit for Southampton. There's a, there's a few players that have played... Um, a lot with Southampton this year that not in the team um, so I think I think Liverpool will win this one and I keep saying that don't I but I, I keep getting proved wrong because of what Liverpool do but I do fancy them this weekend You're a loyal Liverpool man Ronnie you're keeping the faith regardless of the performances I like it alright We'll move on to Sunday and there's four games again on Sunday a busy Super Sunday the early game of the day is Wolves versus Brighton Brighton are safe Wolves probably won't be too happy with their season they, they never were in danger of relegation or anything but they were never in danger really of qualifying for Europe either they're kind of languishing there in mid-table they're safe in the Premier League will they be happy with their season overall and will they have enough to beat Brighton on Sunday do you think? You know sometimes you think that they're happy because they're not going to get relegated there's a lot of themes teams for me in the Premiership 
that they just don't want to get relegated. So they, they will stay there, the Wolves, the Brightons, the, the, the West Broms, if they were, you know, they would have been happy to stay in West Brom. But other teams um, just say that surviving is how to go about it. I think Wolves are a little bit better than that. I don't think their season should be about survival. There should be um, Europa League or, or, or there or thereabouts. Um, they've, they've trailed off lately. Again, they look another squad that look tired as well. Um, but Wolves, for me, because they're at home at near the end of the season, I, th- I think Wolves will win this one. Then at 2 o'clock, it's Villa up against Manchester United. Obviously, United affected by that uh, postponement at Old Trafford last week as well. But they did play in Europe during the week. And even though they were beaten by Roma on the night, they had quite a, a good victory to qualify for the, on aggregates to qualify for the Europa League final. And uh, Cavani was the man. Again, Cavani's flying for United, isn't he? Yeah, it's unbelievable. I was listening to some of the TV programmes this morning about the amount of goals he's scored lately, whether it's in Europa League or whatever. I, I just... Uh, he always was a very, very good footballer. Um, but how United got him on loan is, is, is a weird one, but he's, for me, he's done magnificent for them. Um, he didn't always get a run in the team, did he, at the start? I don't know why the manager was leaving him on the bench and now maybe bringing him on, maybe little injuries. But no, he, he's done remarkably well for them. And obviously Villa, the opponents this weekend. Do you think United will have enough to beat Villa there, continue their, their run and hold on to that second place, Ronnie? I think it depends how the manager sees it now. I'm sure they'll hold on to second place, but they've got a lot of games coming up, haven't they now? In, in yeah. quick session because of what happened last weekend. Yeah, I think they've got three games in five days or something, haven't they? So it's, it's, it's whether they can change the squad around enough Um Villa's a tough place to go because of the way Villa have played this season. So um, it, it's going to be a tough one for Man United to go there and win uh, because of how the manager sees what team he's going to put out. They're well capable of it if he gets the team right, the manager. Do you think Solskjaer will be kind of thinking, we're probably okay with second, we're definitely qualified for the Champions League regardless, and he'd love to get his first trophy as United manager, wouldn't he? Yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? That he's, it, it, he's got so many permutations going on around at the moment in time. Um, and to win even the Europa League will be, it'll be great for Solskjaer um, yeah so it depends on what team he puts out this weekend I don't know the team he's going to put out so it's hard to call and then we've got West Ham and Everton at 4.30 on Sunday two teams who've had actually top four aspirations for most of the season surprisingly you wouldn't have predicted it before the season West Ham definitely still do if Everton maybe are sliding away now but West Ham certainly up there they're fifth still and they'll be hoping to maybe eventually catch Chelsea over the next couple of games Everton if they were to win all their games they might get up there still but you'd probably fancy West Ham having a better chance than Everton at the moment wouldn't you? Yeah um, West Ham have got second win Lingard's been great for them um, and Antonio coming back after injury now scores a couple last weekend they look stronger again West Ham they looked as if they were going to fade away fade away but no they've, they've, come, they've kicked on again and I fancy West Ham to beat Everton this weekend Everton have lost away over the last few games they had games in hand to get up there top four they were getting bad results. Now they're um, what are they two points behind Liverpool, and they haven't got a game in hand anymore. So um, yeah, I, I, I fancy West Ham to just keep pushing the top four and win this one. Seven o'clock on Sunday night. Then Arsenal versus West Brom. West Brom probably relegated at this stage. Arsenal obviously um, knocked out of the Europa League during the week. Now all of a sudden, the talk this morning, listening to to Talksport and various other commentators, is about Mikel Arteta and that he's under big time pressure. And they're saying, will he even last the rest of the season? Um, 
like Arsenal won't be happy with their season. It's going to be their first season not qualifying for Europe in 25 years, Ronnie. It's amazing, isn't it? And we all give Wenger stick for saying, I'll be top four, I'll finish. And we thought that was success, or he thought that was success, which it was for Arsenal. But not um, in 25 years, it's a big one for Arteta now, isn't it? And I was watching a bit of the game the other night, and later on you're thinking, throw everybody up, just keep it up. I took a, a Bamiang off. You're thinking, just throw everything. But it's not the way they play. It's not the way Guardiola plays. It's not the way all these managers play. They go with what they... Their instinct is to play football all the time, and they don't see putting a big man up front as a change. They don't play that way, so they want to keep playing football. And Arsenal come usually unstuck for me because of the way Arteta wanted to play his football. Um, he is under enormous pressure now. That the fans are really getting, really going against them. Um, but I think honestly, I think they'll be they'll, they'll want to just kick on um, to show they're not the players. I mean, show they're not really that bad. And I think they should be okay beating West Brom, which will give them a little bit of a, of a lift. Would you see Arteta being there next season? At the moment, no. All right. Uh, one game then, just a, a game that doesn't mean a whole lot either. Probably Monday night, Fulham and Burnley. I don't think Fulham are, go- are going to stay up at this stage. And Burnley, they're more than safe. So who would you fancy there? I'm going for a draw again on this one. Because <laughs> Fulham, Fulham play good football. They are going to get relegated. But Burnley, you keep saying, oh, they, they, they're, they're not going to get relegated. They're not going to get into Europe. But they keep putting in performances for the manager. They keep battling away and battling away. They're a, they're a tough nut to crack. So I think Fulham will find it hard to beat them. But I think Burnley will go there and be happy with a point. Right, we're going to try and win a few quid again this week, Ronnie. Or we're going to try and win a few quid for the, for the first time this week with Sport Nation, another bet, charity bet for Cork Charity. Who do you fancy this week? Um, well, we've got West Ham and Everton. I think West Ham will beat Everton. Um, Arsenal, I, th- I think they'll will bounce back against West Brom. And I'm going to put Wolves in there as well. Wolves to beat Brighton at home. Ten to one or something like that for the for the three results. Yeah, three home wins. Wolves to beat Brighton, West Ham to beat Everton, and Arsenal to beat West Brom. Comes in at around ten to one. So fingers crossed, Ronnie. We'll get our first win of the season. Listen, Ronnie. Thanks a million. Enjoy the football over the weekend, and we'll chat to you next week. Thanks, Colin. Okay, Ronnie Whelan there, the legendary Liverpool captain and Irish star from 1990, Italian 90 and um, and uh, Euro 88 and all that. Ronnie, of course, a great stalwart at Ireland and Liverpool down through the years. Now, uh, just update you in the ongoing games. There's quite a few ongoing games, both um, football and GA in the hurling in the National Hurling League, the Alliance National Hurling League. Um, obviously, a big, big game there. It is Tipperary up against Limerick at the LIT Gaelic Rounds. And Limerick, after opening up a little bit of a gap, it was left when we last checked uh, sorry Tipperary after opening up a little bit of a gap Tip are now 19 points to Limerick's 14 points so Tip with a 5 point lead there in that game 54 minutes on the clock there elsewhere then in the Premier League it's a big one the Champions League finalists Man City and Chelsea up against each other an hour gone in the game at the Etihad it is Man City 1 Chelsea 0 and uh, elsewhere then in the League of Ireland Bowes still 3-0 up on Finn Harps Shamrock Rovers have equalised against St. Pat's. Graham Burke has equalised for Shamrock Rovers there in that top of the table clash. And uh, 
at the RSC in Waterford Waterford are getting hammered it's half time and Drogheda are already 5-0 up uh, bear in mind as I said Waterford do have their under 19 team out due to uh, COVID cases amongst their senior squad so an absolute hammering there uh, right before we finish up we're going to chat athletics and Ireland's relay team sprinted to second place at the IAAF World Relays last weekend uh, in Poland and the 4 by 200 metre team of Aoife Lynch Kate Doherty Sarah Quinn and Sophie Becker ran a new national record to finish just over a second behind Poland and comfortably ahead of Ecuador in third. During the week, Valerie caught up with two of the four athletes, Sophie Becker and Kate Doherty. Joining me on the Big Reg bench this week are two members out of four of Ireland's relay team with amazing success last weekend, Kate Doherty and Sophie Becker. Welcome to the Big Red bench. Hi, Thank you, Valerie. Sophie, first of all, I'll start with you. You're probably wrecked. You're in self-quarantine mode at the moment. Yeah, no, uh, we had a big, big few days and then a long travel night as well. So, no, I'm wrecked, but I have exams at the minute. So it's keeping me busy and occupied, at least in quarantine. Yeah. Right. Okay. What exams are you doing? Let us know. I'm in final year of my degree in DCU. So I just have one exam left on Monday. It's pharmaceutical something. So I obviously need to do a bit of work in it clearly because I don't really know what it's called. (laughs) How are you juggling both? I mean, you're going, you're competing in relay teams and you're trying to keep college afloat at the moment. It's probably difficult for you. Yeah, no, it is like, I'm sure Kate will say the same. It's it's a struggle doing college and juggling full-time training, but like the college is so understanding. My coach is understanding. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to kind of do half my final year this year and half last year. So uh, that definitely helped. But no, it is a struggle and it is hard to find time, but like I enjoy it, so I don't mind it. Kate, do you feel the same? Yeah, so I'm doing my master's in engineering at the moment. And I also have an exam next Thursday on tissue engineering. So I'm just prepping for that and finishing off my thesis at the moment too. So at least I have these five days to just get it all done. I was just going to say you have no excuse now when you're stuck in quarantine waiting for a <laughs> negative PCR test to vote of you. <laughs> well, look, Kate, it was an amazing and memorable weekend for you. I mean, how are you feeling after it? The excitement levels are still there, I feel. Yeah, I think they are. I don't think it's sunk in yet. It's still just incredible. Like I, it was my first senior championship as well. So and get to run on both of the four by one and four by two is like amazing. Like the, all the girls are so dedicated and like we had a training camp before we went to Poland for the four by one. So it was really just good to get bonding with that and then we actually got told about the four by two the day of so we just went in very open-minded just like planned to get the baton around and just run our own race and we ended up with silver yeah it's been absolutely <laughs> and a national record <laughs> and a national record i was just going to say that sophie so yourself Eva, sarah the two of yourselves look an amazing performance and second place in securing ireland's highest world really championship finish in history is I mean, have you had a chance to let that sink in yet, Sophie? Um, no, every so often I'm kind of like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened to us. But like, it was, so the 4x4 four four were racing the day previous to us and I'm sure everybody's seen they qualified for the Olympics and yeah. it was kind of hard not to feed off their energy. Like there was just such an amazing energy in the camp and like I've been on a few trips with Ireland before but this one was just very different because it was a team event. So obviously athletics is an individual sport but this one you really felt like Everyone was doing it for each other. It was such a team bonding thing, the whole thing. So it was, I think the energy definitely helped us just, you know, we were like, do you know what? We're just going to go for it. And we came out with silver at the end. Kate, like you, you can't probably prepare yourself for something like this, being part of a team and going out there and competing in something like that. 
Yeah, no, I don't think you can because like it's a rare thing to do as well. Like you don't usually go to a championship for just relays, which is, it was just amazing that like we're all working as a team, as Sophie was saying, and just that we all had one aim in mind. So we're just going in it together instead of all competing against each other. So there's a lot more bonding done. And like even throughout the whole time we were in Poland, it was so well organized that we had like our own table in the hotels. So we were constantly just chatting to each other and a nice bit of social interaction after being in lockdown for so long. What is it like, Sophie? I mean, I'm trying to get my head around a relay race. You know, I'm trying to get my head around. I'm the person waiting for the baton to come to me next. I mean, what is it like? And what's what's the technical side of this? Yeah, so I suppose the most technical event is probably the four by one that Kate was on. The four by two, people aren't, they're going fast, but not quite as fast as 100 meters. So you do have a little bit more time, but at the same time, every second, like it's down to hundreds of a second, like determines first, second and third. So like any little slip up or like you don't get the baton first time, like that's time added on that's not going to end very well. But no, we, like Kate was saying, we just kind of practice the night or the evening beforehand and um, it all went off perfectly. And I'd like, obviously the girls are very well experienced doing four by one. So I think that definitely helped um, with getting the baton around. Kate, who decides who goes first and who's second and who's third and who's fourth? And the coaches will set the order and they'll pick the athletes as well. So like the athletes for the four by two were picked out of the four by one and makes four by four that we're already going to the championship. So it kind of just how it all fell, because as the mixed four by four were in the final, Charlene and Phil um, were dedicated to that. So then it left me, Sophie, Aoife and Sarah Quinn on the team, which was really good team and we yeah we practiced the baton changes beforehand they were all really smooth in the race so I think that really helped us in securing the silver and when it comes to maybe you getting well I'm second is there a preference have you had a preference or you're like no I'm happy to be just part of the team it's more yeah just happy to be part of the team I didn't have a preference um in the four by two there's less like preference kind of places because you're all going to be running a straight and a bend anyway so okay. the four by one it's like okay well two people run the t- straight and two people run the bend and I really enjoyed running the bend in the four by one as I was the third leg runner so so for any preferences you're like just happy to get involved yeah no same as Kate I just was happy to be part of the team um, I'm usually uh, for a 400 meter runner so I was actually mm-hmm. a sub on the mixed four by four so I didn't mind. It was half the distance than a 400, so I didn't mind at all. But it was nice to be in last place and bring the team home. There was that extra bit of pressure like, oh, God, if I mess it up, it's all on me. But no, I was happy to bring the team home. That is Kate Darty and Sophie Becker of Ireland's relay team uh, sprinting to second place at the IAAF World Relays last weekend, chatting to Valerie um, about how they got on over there. It's Cullum on the Big Red Bench. That is me out of time pretty much for tonight. Just before we finish, let's give you a quick update on the ongoing games uh, in the National Hurling League at the moment. Tipperary against Limerick. Tip are 19 points to Limerick's 17 at the moment. Limerick after getting a few points back there. And in the Premier League, Chelsea have equalised against Man City. It is uh, Ziyech has equalised there. Aguero had put Man City up in the first half. So one all in that game at the Etihad. That is us out of time. We'll be here again tomorrow evening. Rory, you'll be here. I'll be in Porky Cueve for Cork versus Waterford. Uh, Rory here with you from 6th tomorrow evening on the Big Red Bench. And Stevie G for your Saturday night on the way next. The Big Red. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM 103.9.